Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the dawn of a new era and the end of another, and the end, as it were, of season six of Game of Thrones, and the end of my time once again as your recap respondent, and hopefully, eventually, an end to this laborious sentence opener of this podcast. Yes, it's me, Natalie Behensky, the Raven on Recap Respondent, and with me, as always, to do an insightful, forensic autopsy of the bloating beast that was The Winds of Winter, the final episode of season 10. Don't worry, I'm getting to him. He's going to be introduced any minute now. I know you're just really waiting to hear from him. And you're going to right now. It's Stuart Late. Hello, Natalie. It's only fitting that this is a, a long and, and bloated intro <laughs> to what was a long and bloated episode, and I loved every second of it. Bloated it in the best way. In the way. best possible way. Bloated in the post-Christmas lunch. Yes, exactly. Stuffed full of delicious You know it was food. too much, but you loved every bit of it. Yeah, exactly. Like when you do <laughs> a Macca's or a KFC run, yeah. and you just hit that perfect level oh, yes. of... That hit my junk food needs. Absolutely. Before it goes into regret. Yes, you know, and I've, I've just... passed that regret threshold in the past. And yeah, it's that's not right. fun. Yeah. It's not fun. But it's when you just go, you know what I really need is a cheeseburger, mm. and then you have it. You have it, and you're like, that is exactly what I needed. That's what I needed. Yeah. And you think, that filled a cheeseburger shaped hole. For one more, I could have one more, but you're like, no, no. Mm. I'll regret it. It'd be too much. This was the perfect cheeseburger episode. <laughs> Uh, of Game of Thrones. This, look, we're going to try and get through everything that happened in this yes. episode. There was a lot. <laughs> there was a huge amount. So much. I think we need to start at the start at King's Landing. Definitely. And go into the death of Cersei Lannister as we know her and the rise. We, we do of... need to clarify there because so many people died oh, in this yeah, episode. Sorry. She didn't die. <laughs> Qualifier. The death of Cersei Lannister as we know her. Pause, dramatic effect, introduce Star Wars theme. <laughs> da, 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 da. Darth Cersei! <laughs> I, I mean, look, she's a villain. Yes. But she was gloriously villainous in this episode. Yes, it, it was... It was Enough to make me want to go, you know what? I may be Team Cersei. <laughs> Just because, really? Well, really? Look, no, not because no. I have seen a lot of a lot of that reaction online. People are like, "Yes, Queen," and I'm like, "Oh, really?" Um, but in it, look, you like I get spent, it. You have spent this whole series. Yes, yes, I have, and we have audio <laughs> evidence of it. We do maintaining that Daenerys is going to be a super villain, and then yeah, out of nowhere out comes the carpet beneath out of you. nowhere. And we should have seen it coming. Absolutely. Like, she is the obvious choice for Chief Villa. But, of course, as we always like to say, she makes plans. They fuck up. They always fuck up. And they did this time. Yes. But the fuck up ended up being something she could take advantage of. Yeah, well, exactly. Like, she's so, she's pivoting between fuck-ups now. Yeah. Like, it's, it's become so commonplace in Cersei's planning that she's building it into her plans. She kind of Stephen Bradbury'd the situation. Definitely. But rather than take advantage of other people falling, she wiped them all. She ne- she knocked. She she hogtied them all. Now, what is it that Tonya Harding did? I'm getting my ice she skating knee, metaphors. She kneecapped. Kneecapped. Yes. Yeah. So I'm getting my ice well, skating she metaphors. Very, she did very much more than that. Or if you want to, it would be like if if um, Stephen Bradbury had like just organised to have like a rope put across. Yeah. The course at an opportune moment. What stingers, you know, when they yes. bust your car tunnels. <laughs> yes, exactly. He threw stingers down. <laughs> 
everyone tumbled everyone fell over. over. He crawled over Limbs their corpses. Limbs went flying. Yeah. <laughs> he jumped neatly over the pile of bodies and took the gold. If you don't yeah. know who Stephen Bradbury is, he was an Australian ice skater about 10 years ago or something. Longer, even longer probably. At one of the Winter Olympics who was coming dead last in an ice skating heat, but everyone else Everyone else fell over. Fell over. And because he was so far behind, he, he was just, not affected he by He just this. skated past everyone <laughs> and won the gold. And nobody was more surprised than him. No, that's right. He was absolutely chuffed. It's I amazing. think he makes his living now though on the on the speaking circuit just talking yeah, about yeah, how, yeah, hey you never know when being the it worst could, at it something. could happen to you <laughs> yeah. well no he wasn't the worst no, at something of course, of because he was he in the final yes, of, of an olympic event of course he but was. he was coming dead last and that's that's the thing he was one of those people who's just good enough to be the worst <laughs> like it's, it's and we can really there, ever hope for that, watch, don't we? There was a, I, I forget. Life, good enough to be the worst. Exactly. I forget, I forget which comedian does it, but there's a comedy routine where he says he would rather, he, he would never want to come last in like a, a running race or something. Because you've just trained for four years to come last. Oh, Jerry Seinfeld does a bit about yeah, I think coming it's, second. It's probably a thing, yeah. Second is the worst because yeah. you're the first loser. <laughs> well, that's true. <laughs> that's true. But I mean, at least you're up there on the podium. Like there are people who run marathons. Yeah. Like, who have trained to run the marathon. And they run rings around you and me. And yeah, they, they, they would kick our ass, but they come dead last. And in the Olympics, well, loser, mate. That's it. So, How did we know, get onto this? I don't know. Stephen Bra- look him up. <laughs> Tonya Harding, look that up as well. Cersei, the, I mean, I just want to start by talking about the music as well. Yeah, the music. Was, you knew something was coming. And obviously, they, were, they, had, they had something big planned for this episode. And yeah, as and soon you, as that you piano right. thing... You've been, you've been on to the wildfire explosive I've business been, for They've been teasing it too much to not pay it off, but the way they paid it off was just oh, fantastic. It, yeah, it was it's really... Just, it's just... So, I mean, it was it was fantastic for the most part, and then there was a little part of me going, no, Marjorie died. I know, exactly, yeah. You know, Marjorie, the, a little bit slow, Loris, he was in there too. I was, I was a bit sad Yeah, that, but, but he was... He's not been a presence. Like, but also I just... I cared about Marjorie getting... Loris had given up on himself. You yes, know? well, exactly. But, but you know, you, you care about Marjorie at the very least. And you're like, you, you want to see her get out of there. And she knows. And they even make the point of, of having her figure it out. She yeah. figures it out and figures out at least she knows something is going to go down. She might think that, like, armed guards are going to storm into the place mm. or something. But she knows something's going to go down. She knows they have to get out of there. It's and too the convenient faith that, just, that they're all in the same place. That's it. And the one, well, the two people who aren't are Cersei and Tommen. Exactly. And, and the Faith are all preventing people from getting out. She's like, let me out. But come back to the music. We keep getting distracted. Yes. I can Sorry. see this happening a lot. And it's your fault, Stu, and I'm holding you responsible. It is, absolutely. I never go off on tangents. <laughs> and I think no, anyone who reads my recap <laughs> will know that to be the truth. Absolutely. <laughs> all of my limbs are crossed. Uh, the music was so evocative. It this was. episode. It was like nothing we'd heard before. Exactly, it was yeah. Haunting and atmospheric, and it, 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 it just started to build into this sense of, oh God, this is going to be doom on yeah. a big scale. Yeah, yeah. Is, whatever's happening, initially it was like, oh God, Cersei's going to her trial. What's going to happen to her? And then it's yeah. all of a sudden. So everyone's in the trial, everyone's mm. in the sept, but Tommen's not there. Cersei's mm. not there. And then Tommen and, gets up. To to go, he, mm. he's, so he's been putting it off. He's like, oh, I don't want to go because he's going to have to watch his mum be sentenced to. Yeah, exactly. But he's like, of- no, he, he mans up and he gets up to go, and then the mountain is in the doorway yeah. and puts his hand out to stop him. And I had a moment where I was like, oh my 
God, is Cersei going to assassinate Tommen? Like, has she, she I mean, sent? Yeah, I think has she sent the mountain to kill him? But it turns out, crush his head. I never got that. I, I, I never because I didn't know how far gone Cersei was. Like, I thought she had gone full Cersei, Darth Cersei, straight away. I thought that that was the the place that they were going to, but they they weren't. They they were taking us just up to that edge, but not quite. And of course, it's Tommen's death later on that that pushes her over the edge. But yeah, the mountain showed up, and I was like, oh no, is this going to be? He's going to kill him. Mm. But no, he was just there to stop him. He was just and there to I stop didn't him get going. that. I just got. He's stopping. Him it's possible from I'm going. a bad person. No, 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 not at all. Because I know other people who had that same thought. Yeah. I just didn't have that. I, it was like he, he, she has literally put a mountain in his way. Yes, you know yes. he cannot physically leave the red exactly. keep. She wants to keep him there. She wants to keep him yeah. safe. Something's going to happen. Something's happening. Yeah. We see the little children starting to lead Pycelle and then Lancel deep underground. See, this is the this is the crazy thing about this episode is that we're, as we're discussing, I'm remembering stuff like, oh yeah, Pycelle got knifed by a bunch of kids. Yeah. Like, yeah. Pycelle died. Like, when, you, when you sit oh. down and do the finger count of who died, I think it's like, the biggest one since the Red Wedding. Like, in, oh, in named characters. I mean, we, na- we had a literal mountain of dead bodies yeah. and I said, last episode. And so, I said that. So, you know. Let's leave aside the big battles but, and their piles of yeah, nameless, exactly. non-player In terms characters. of named characters, yeah. this is, was a bloodbath. It was this, crazy. This was, uh, uh, you know, basically cutting their employment. <laughs> exactly. And costs in half. Yes. And, and storytelling-wise, like, I know I've been saying all this, all this season's been about consolidating, consolidating. Yeah. In one fell swoop, they got rid of half the cast. Yeah. It was incredible. So, you know, it's, it's very heartening to see the show just go... Oh, we need to do something now just to get everything back on track. Your time is done. Mm. So Cersei watches as this, and, and I think the pacing of that sequence and the way that the montage went from Pycelle to Lancel to Cersei mm. getting ready and putting on that fantastic <laughs> armored cloak that she wears, the black. Do you think? Well, do you think it's it's a it's I don't know. I don't know what the word for it is. Do you think it's symbolic that it's not Lannister gold and red? It's I felt that it was black and silver. I think that's de- a definite break. I from... think they're still lions. They're they're lions that she has. Oh but yeah, they're silver. she's still a Lannister. But I think making that because she's always been in red and gold. Yeah. Or to a lesser extent, the pastels mm. of the court. The dresses have always been quite um, loose. Yes. Like more floaty. Yeah. This was tight. This, this was an evil queen. Exactly. It's literally an evil queen yeah, dress. Yeah, it was, and everything about it was up around her neck. Yeah. And, you yeah. know, she always used to have sort of the hair mm. down. Everything about her was battle mm. ready. Yes. Um, and, and it was just such, uh, you know, and I, I feel like clothes, in terms of the way monarchs in the past have used clothes to represent authority, and Elizabeth I is the classic example of this, they represent mm. majesty. They project the image that you mm. want projected of fearsome might because only the richest and the most powerful could have that kind of costume. Yeah, so we often, we often look at the clothing of the past and think that's so impractical, but it was actually about that status. So as someone who like really likes the history of fashion and clothing and things like that, can't sew a button to save my life, but I, I love the <laughs> historical nature of it. To me, that was a, such a definitive statement because I don't think yeah. I've ever seen Cersei in black before, not even at times of mourning. No, yeah, like, she's always she always wears she always wears yeah. yellows or reds or yeah. she has a she has a, a character she has color a palette. palette. Yeah. And and so for me this was 
definitive. And the last time we saw her wearing armor was she wore like a sort of a corset during the Battle of the Blackwater. Oh, that's right. Yeah, she did. Yeah, but that was over her red. Yeah, you know, her dress. Queenly yeah. frock. It, it was almost like if she was in modern times, she would have like a dress on, but like a bulletproof vest over the top. Yeah, of it or and remember early on, there's this sense when Cersei. I think there's even a scene in season one or season two where she talks about if only she'd been born a man. Mm. And to me, this was Cersei's assumption. And I wish I'd put this in the recap because it's quite insightful now that I'm thinking. About <laughs> it. This is her assuming a masculine. Role. Yes. That yeah. whole, she, had, she has the shorn hair. Well, because we've seen, I mean, Tom and wore a similar sort of coat and collar and everything. So, it, yeah, you're right. Yeah, the yeah. collar is a, a, a masculine It, it is collar. actually a very masculine outfit. There's no frippery. Mm. There's armour. It's black. It's well, very... they're, they're silver. They're silver lions. Like, <laughs> let's not go crazy. But... No, no, no. But, but again, it's a status. It's, it's showing. A, it's flat. It's, you know. Yeah. Here's, it's her here's pinky and perky on yeah, my shoulders here absolutely. who are going to roar, at, you know. And so she had the she had the short hair. She she assumed a masculine persona mm. at that point. Yes, and it was, you know, it was fearsome and intimidating. And the the, the fact that her we've jumped right to the end, Stu. How do we even do this? But but she <laughs> going back. She she assumes. That persona, because I, I, I keep thinking of Lady Macbeth, who talks about um, when she's summoning up the courage to convince Macbeth that they've got to murder the king. She says, unsex me here. And she talks yeah. about renouncing her femininity yes. and becoming masculine, because yeah. that's what you need to do to stab some guys. Yes. Um, <laughs> no, no weak woman could ever stab a bunch of people. True. Mm. So... That that all of that literary kind of illusion yes. came to me. That I just, won't that won't be the only Shakespeare comparison we're going to make uh, ooh, in this. <laughs> no. uh, and I just wish I'd had sort of all those thoughts when I was writing my recap at two a.m. <laughs> surprise, surprise! Well, we have them now, and that's why yeah. we do this podcast. It is true because we have some time to think about the episode exactly and have a chat about it exactly. Uh, so when. I mean, what? Just give me your thoughts, I guess, on on the the way it all played out. Well, with it's the explosion funny. Well, and, and when the penny dropped oh, okay, for well, for the Big Bird, because he was so stubborn and going. He no, no. was. I, I think he got uneasy, but I don't think he realised exactly how deep in the doo doo he was until sort of that last look he has between himself and Marjorie. They kind of hear the rumbling, and she looks at him, and he's like, "Oh, I've made a huge mistake." Yeah, <laughs> and and all of a sudden, boom! The green fire. You know, comes through the floor of the sept. Took him away. That's that's it as eviscerated him. The, the crazy thing is, we forget sometimes. I mean, that we obviously understand this is a huge thing, but this would be like if the Queen of Florence blew up St Peter's with the Pope inside. Do you know what I mean? Like, like that's literally what just happened yeah. on screen. Like, like she has she has set off essentially a nuclear bomb mm. in both literally and in the society of Westeros. Like, mm. she has gone so far beyond what any ruler in the past has done. Like, she is she is the mad king incarnate right now. Yeah, at the same time, she did introduce the faith militant, so in a way it was well, exactly. like pest control. Yeah, exactly right. <laughs> yeah, well, well, exactly. And this is the thing, like, it's Cersei's escalating horrible plans. Yeah. Like, she came up with this horrible plan to deal with the aftermath of her previous horrible she's plan. The, what is it? She's the, um, in The Simpsons, when they have the, the, the lizards, they have, they import the, what's that episode where Bart finds the eggs and he nurtures the, his eggs thinking they're going to oh, be yes, baby yeah, birds yeah. and then they turn and out to be like horrific man-eating lizards. <laughs> 
and so then they have to get snakes to eat the lizards yes. and the snakes become a pest and so they have to get bears <laughs> or something gorillas to eat. And Lisa's like, um, it's like, no, no, it'll all be fine. It'll all be just fine. just get something else to kill the bears. <laughs> but it is, is that she has to keep coming up with more and more dangerous plans yeah, exactly. to make up for the ways that other ones <laughs> well, messed exa- up. Exactly. Like, it's just, it's just Cersei's a series of unfortunate events starring yeah. Cersei Lannister. <laughs> just Cersei Lannister's <laughs> terrible, horrible, no good, very, very bad Very day. bad day. <laughs> And that's the terrible thing because she thinks it's her final victory. Yeah. And even without Tommen's death, and what what a great scene that was. Oh. Where, like, and, and full credit for that actor where he's just like the despair on his face when he sees the sept go up. And it's it's childish as well. It's it's still yeah. very much that face of innocence. Of yeah, exactly. What has just happened? But he understands that like this is like this is your life if you if you choose to keep living it, this is your your mother will never let you. It's the ultimate and act of teenage rebellion, yeah, really. But also, he's he's lost everything. Like he's lost his yeah. people. He's lost any control over the throne. Yeah, he, he thought that he, can, he thought he'd finally order. found a, a, an authority figure in the High Sparrow that he could look up to. His wife, like the queen, was in the sect. Like yeah, and the the horror of something like that, and it just overwhelms him. And mm. he... And I don't think... And this is the thing. I don't think he did it in a vindictive way. Like, I've seen some people sort of go, oh, he was taking... He was sort of having a dig at Cersei by doing that. Oh, really? No. Yeah, I'm and not. I'm like, no, it was just, like, literally... You've got, it was too much. It was, it was too much for him, yeah. It was he couldn't process it. Yeah. You know, he's a kid and... And he kind of takes the crown off. And, puts oh, it, walks the way off. they shot that, and they kept the camera locked off. Mm. And he walks out of shot, and you sort of think, huh... And it just did not occur to me. And then he just steps right up and walks out. It just happens so quickly. You're like, what just happened? And, you know, I gasped and, Mm. you know, covered my mouth. It was, you know, legitimately upset of, oh, but top, but wait, but, and, and, and then you think, well, Cersei screwed up again. She's done all this to try to protect, you know, she's always been about protecting her children. Yeah, and you do realise that in the end, like, you know, it was personal a personal vendetta that she was pursuing, but she was doing it to protect Tommen. Like, yeah. like she'd made... Protecting Tommen was part of her plan. It was mm. built into it. But she didn't think she'd ever have to protect him from her. From her, exactly. And so by lighting the match, you know, she lit up the whole thing. Exactly. It, oh, um, yeah. That, that... Oh, that killed me, that scene. It was yeah. it was horrific. And, and because he's such a young kid as mm. well. Um, and I don't think we've ever seen a, a, a suicide in Game of Thrones before. No, you know, not like seen, that anyway. We've seen no. people go into battle with sort of knowledge yeah. that they're not coming they, they back. They might not come back. All that kind of stuff. But I just can't think of someone just resolutely making that decision. And for it to be a child as well yeah. is just, you know... Awful. And the closest I can come to is there was a there was a man who was like injured by bandits when the Hound and Arya are sort of yeah. traversing Westeros. And he, said, and you know, me he sort off, of says, "Finish know, me off." Put and me that, out and of he's, my misery. He's ready, but he, you know, he's already injured and he's ready to die. And then the Hound yeah. kills him. Yeah. You know, but that's the closest I think we've ever come. Like, yeah. there, there's not, there's been nothing like this. No. And that's why it came so out of left field. You're like, oh my goodness, he just yeah. jumped out that window. He's dead. He's gone. Yeah. He's not surviving that. Several, it's a and, and several, several people have made the joke that now King's Landing lives up to its name. <laughs> oh, God, I am terrible. I know. 
But it is funny. That, 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 was, so that, cool. that, that was all over the internet within seconds of the, of oh, the was episode it? finishing. I didn't even think of that until I think I saw yeah. someone on, on the Facebook page. <laughs> Facebook.com slash Natalie's Throne. Um, I think I saw someone mention that today and, and I was like, ah, too soon? Too, is it but, too soon? Like, what? Yeah. <laughs> About five seconds afterwards is maybe too soon. It's probably. Ten seconds afterwards is fine. These That's are fictional. Time. These are, I know, these are fictional characters we have to keep in mind, but, but it is, the pain is still fresh. Mm. So what about, um, quickly, uh, to, I guess, chat about Kyburn and Pycelle? Yeah, well, I mean, you know, I mean, that's Kyburn's final sort of. That was just her getting rid of a, someone who I, I guess she feels had had wronged her because he was he was her man for a long time, and then he sort of abandoned her when it was politically mm. expedient. And you know, who knows what he might do in the future? So, like, well, it's much easier just to get rid of him. Yeah, and then those then, kids were vicious. And then the kids, like that, was, that was disturbing. Like the fact that the little birds come in and stab him to death and he's like vomiting up blood and stuff yeah it's quite violent it was really full on and then the little kid who shivved Lancel in the passage yes like literally and figuratively literally yes yes (laughs) no literally in both senses shivved him in the passage where'd you get shivved in the passage ah it's right above your lower colon. <laughs> uh, did, I, I, so did he, like, get him in the spine or something? Did he, he, so he got him sort of like, in the side or something. Yeah. Or maybe he got him in the spine because he couldn't Because he couldn't walk. That's what I, I thought he'd got him in the leg or something, but then someone said, oh, he got him he in the back. He seemed to kind like, of go up into the body, so maybe yeah, he, he, so he might have got sliced a vertebrae anyway, or something. Anyway, the, 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 the point spine being, Lancel can't walk. He All can't he can do is legs. drag himself towards <laughs> the Towards, <danger>. yes. <laughs> towards the danger. And look... Calmly, <laughs> as his life flashes before his eyes. Yes, like, in a very action movie moment, actually. A bright green. Yeah, it was a bit, yeah. wasn't it? It was a bit. That's a, that's John sort of, Lithgow oh, at no. the end of Cliffhanger falling down, or <laughs> Sean Bean at the end of Goldeneye falling the, down. The thing, the thing oh! it reminded, the thing it reminded me of was a scene in Waterworld, I've where never um, seen Waterworld, oh, and as a Kevin Costner fan, really. But wasn't it a big turkey? It's it's but it but it's a glorious turkey. Oh, right? Like you watch okay. it, it's one of those amazingly bad movies. But um, that they spent like they spent like the budget like the... of other movies on Kevin Costner's hairline. Yeah, like it's well, wasn't crazy. it how they had like they had him film it with gills, and then everyone freaked out that he had these gills. They had to like paint them out. Well, no, um, well maybe, but but there was there was also he wasn't happy with how his hairline looked when his hair was wet, so they had to go in and digitally like fill in Kevin wow, Costner's hairline. This was hairline. the mid nineties. Yeah. This was not a, a no. an easy time for no. digital manipulation. It, it cost like a hundred million dollars to oh go back God. and fix his hairline in this movie. It's crazy how much money they spent. It was, for a while, it was one of the biggest. Like, well, I remember it was like the most expensive movie yeah. ever made at the point. Yeah, when it came it's out, crazy. Anyway, oh. anyway, my point is, yeah. there's a scene in that where a man is standing like, you know, knees deep in a puddle of oil. And a flare just sort of slowly drops down and he just kind of watches it go down and then there's a big explosion. Mm. Um, and that, that scene reminded me of that. Mm. I was like, oh, okay, that's, that's quite interesting. But, yeah, like the Lancel kind of understands at the very end exactly what's going to happen. and He's been cleansed. It, yeah, a little bit. To meet the seven. A little bit, yeah. And they're all gone. And then that bell... Like yes. crashed out. Yes. That was right. <clears throat> and I love that someone made a... Someone... Ask not for whom the bell tolls. <laughs> it tolls for you, random peasant. It tolls <laughs> for everyone in Flea Bottom or wherever. Where is the Great Sept anyway? It's on one of the hills of the yes. Landing. Mm. 
And yeah, it just just <laughs> sucks to be you, random person, yeah. going about your day, crushed by died? a giant bell. Well, he was crushed by a bell, see? <laughs> he died at the Great Sept of Baylor when it went up. Oh, no, he was consumed by the flames. No, 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 he was crushed by the bell. He was halfway across the city. <laughs> he was getting right out of there, but the bell came from it. It was like it was possessed or something. I do like that they, they gave a sense of the scale of it because mm. it was an enormous explosion. And, yeah, it was like... Just that huge column of smoke coming up from the from the sept as well. And, and when Cersei is standing at her window with a glass of just, wine. Just a very satisfied smile on her face. Just watching it and it's just... <laughs> because it explodes and, of course, everything implodes. You know, yes. It crumbles. Yeah. So you've got this sort of dual action explosion <laughs> and Cersei just going, yes. Now, she then goes into torture the scepter. The scepter, which was... I mean, like, I really liked that from a... From a uh, narrative perspective, like I thought that was very, very nicely, that was very neat and very satisfying mm. from that sort of perspective that she said, you know, I'm going to get you for this. Like, yeah. you're going to regret this. And sure enough, yeah. you don't mess with Cersei Lannister. Yeah. It's sort of bad cop, worse cop. Worse cop. <laughs> situation. <laughs> bad, bad cop, zombie cop. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um, but the the way that she said, you know, confess, confess. Yes. She, she turned the table as it were mm. and then made her own confession of saying I just do what I do that feels good mm. and, and I don't and, think and there's any great that she killed Robert you know that I don't think that was something I think something that we knew well that, that lady really... will be dead soon <laughs> I don't no, think no, no, I know but but she never really said that aloud no, like we'd drawn no. the hints that oh okay Lancel was the squire he had poison wine yeah they gave him poison wine to make him drowsy but she couldn't have known that he'd get gored by a bull but that was obviously her intention. Yeah. That's what we or, find out. She meant to kill him. She meant Robert. to kill him. Yeah. So knock him off, sleep with her brother, whatever feels good, man. Yeah. Do what you feel. Which is quite hedonistic for yes. for someone who's so like now clamped up in power. <laughs> it's really, I suppose that makes sense. If you're a philosopher, call in. And maybe explain how Cersei and hedonism work. Operators are standing by. <laughs> they are. Waiting to take your call. Klondike 555. <laughs> uh, so, what else? But no, it wasn't incredible. And people are saying it's like a heel turn for Cersei. And I'm like, it's not a heel turn. No. She's been building towards this the entire series. She's been yeah. getting progressively more and more detached from reality, more and more evil, and more and more extreme. Because she has to be. Like, every time a plan backfires... She has to do something even yeah. crazier to sort of counter it. So then just to finish up her storyline, at the end when we see her take the throne and we see Jamie having arrived just in time. Just in and time. And our, our thinking was, you know, Jamie's going to arrive in time to, like, save Cersei from trial, which just goes to show what kind of sort of Disney princess uh, yes. bullshit we yeah. buy into. Absolutely. Because we were just wait, oh, Jamie's going to come and save Cersei from trial. No, no, no. Mm. He's, you know, she's got it in hand. Okay, their kid's dead. Yeah. But she's now on the throne. Welcome back. Things have progressed while you've yes. been away. Did he, you have a good time at River Run? Yeah. I've been busy. Yeah. And he, <laughs> you know, just is, is so great the way that they have subverted that expectation that I think is very obvious to leap to, which is, oh, yeah. Jamie's got to come back and, you know, save Cersei or stop her doing something really silly or something. Yeah. You know, it's, got, it's like he's got to be the agent. Yes. Cersei was her own agent. And <clears> that's why I liked 
her victory at the end because she has always wanted to be on the throne. She's yes. always wanted to make the decisions. Absolutely. And her father wouldn't let her and her husband wouldn't let her and then her kids wouldn't let her. She was not allowed to be in charge. And now she is freaking in That's charge. That's right. And this is the thing. It's 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 so strange. I was, in a, I was talking to someone about what would happen if Tommen dies, right? And I was saying, well, Cersei can't be queen because of Westeros, like, succession. Like, it always, it's primogeniture. It's always through the male line. So it'll be, like, whoever then... So I guess it would be, like, a cousin. So I guess maybe uh, Kevin or if the Baratheons are related to someone. Well, well, yes. Yeah, Kevin, the the Aussie Westerosi. Yeah, sadly, before anyone even sent us a picture of Kevin, the Aussie Westerosi. (laughs) Crikey, mate, are you doing a Barbie in here or something? (laughs) Where are me snacks? It's getting a bit warm. Oh, shit. I think I've got a bit of a burn there. <laughs> get, some, get some aloe vera gel. Aloe vera? Aloe vera? <laughs> it's really starting to wake now. Might drop and roll if you don't mind. <laughs> get down low and go, go, go. <laughs> that was an ad campaign. <laughs> yes, it was. Yeah, escaping yeah. fire when we were kids. <laughs> Isn't like a Ronald McDonald one where you got uh, to... Oh, yeah, maybe, yeah, yeah. yeah. It's yeah. like they had Ronald McDonald. It's like, what do you do go, when go, you go. feel the door? Is it warm? And don't go inside. Get down low and go, go, go. <laughs> and that was sort of the joke thing at school for many years about if you needed a good punchline for <laughs> yes. something vaguely sexual. Get down low and go, go, go. go, go. go. Without really understanding what it meant. No, we knew it was... You know, dirty. So yeah, that was fine. we knew it was inappropriate mm. somehow. Exactly, but no. My, my point was that you know, I'd had this, I'd had this conversation, and it never occurred to me, not once, that Cersei would herself just go, "No, I'm going to be queen now." But then I, I have this mountain guy, yes. and now all these other guys, and also I just blew that up, and I just blew everyone else up. Yeah, so I'm pretty there's sure not really a lot of opposition left. I was about to say, I'm pretty sure there's not even any candidates left. So I think it's just mine if I go yeah. sit there. Yep, great. And that's that's what I love about Cersei as a character, is that she just is brute force, just straight through the middle. Like she cuts that Gordian knot. Like and she the only tempering feature she had, and remember way back in the day when she told Sansa, you know, love your children, hmm. and and that's all, just love them. Hmm. They've all gone now. She has no well, exactly, and, and even Tyrion that time said that you know you your love for your children is your one redeeming fact of uh, yeah. feature. You know that new cheekbones. She still has yeah. the cheekbones, but she doesn't have the kids anymore. Yeah. So we're getting we're all cheekbones, Cersei. About half of the way through what our podcast should, should be, Stu. So all I think right. we need to. We move should definitely on move on. So much stuff. Can we, if that's okay, <laughs> can we do a few little other stereo um, stereotypes? Storylines. This is my brain. It's changing. Let's let's do the lightning round now and we'll okay. get that out of the way. Sam Tarly and Gilly awesome. make it to Old Town. Awesome. Finally. Finally. They're there. I didn't think we'd see them again. And when we touched in with them, I was like, oh, great. Okay. Yeah. We're getting Sam and Gilly as well. And that was probably, I mean, it was one of the funniest little sequences of Sam having to present <laughs> his credentials <laughs> to passive-aggressive man <laughs> behind the desk. I, we, who, I, who I heard described as Terry Gilliam-esque, uh, which was, yeah, uh, yeah there's a very that. Brazil vibe to that whole I thing. where they're you know, Almost the steampunk glasses that he's yeah. using. And he's... I've not seen it, but I know the sense of... Uh... <sighs> I don't know why I bought <laughs> I think we need we need to come up with a list of things that you've seen so I know what references you're going to get. 
Robin Hood, Prince of Thieves. Obviously, yes. I should I should always try and bring it back to Robin Hood, Prince of Thieves. Let me do that in the future. The Spice World movie. Yes. And um, multiple Jane Austen adaptations. <laughs> I'm seriously the lamest pop culture person. I don't even know how I have this. Time. No, no, no. I have I have stuff that I know. I know. You stuff. have stuff. You have I've seen like Xena, like the entirety yeah. of Xena. I've seen, actually, do you know, I've never actually finished watching season six of Xena. I'm oh. going to confess to you right now because she dies at the end. And I'm like, I don't want to, I don't want to watch that. I don't want to watch that. Spoilers. Oh, really? Yes, oh, okay. I'm joking. Um, but I have seen some strange things. I've seen mm. Clockwork Orange. Yes. I've okay. seen, um, oh, that terrified me when I was 19. Mm, Saw it again only a couple of years ago. No problem. No, it's fine. <laughs> Just shows yeah. the trajectory that my yeah. life has taken. <laughs> Going from an You're innocent. Like, this dystopian future seems perfectly fine. Innocent I'm 18, 19 year old being hor- horrified by, you know, <laughs> gruesome sequences of abuse and assault and whatnot. And now I'm just like, oh yeah, yeah. Yeah, look, I watch Game of Thrones. Yeah, that's it, I, exactly. Um, it's kind of inoculated us to a lot I of that stuff. I went to a late night screaming, scre- screaming, a late which is night. kind of. I want to say that in a Vincent Price yeah. voice. A late, late night screaming. Okay, we're going to have a film festival. Mm. We're going to find a cinema, do some classic films, and we'll call it late night screaming. Nice. Okay, we'll do it. We're, guys, it's a thing. don't steal that. <laughs> if that's copyright ours. Yeah, don't go and register late night screaming dot com because. We need I'm it, sure okay? someone already has. So don't anyway. do it. Um, but no, I went to a late night film festival screening of a bunch of movies that Timothy Leary made. You know, the guy who oh, was into LSD? Yeah, yeah, or was yeah. it Andy Wa- No, it wasn't Andy Warhol. It was Timothy yeah, no, Leary. Timothy yeah, Leary. Yeah, yeah. So the most effed up, weird, I'm sure. crazy, just kind of colours and noise. Yeah. So loud and disconcerting that I kind of had to fall asleep to just get through it. <laughs> and it wasn't even that long, but it was really late at night. And I was yeah. like, I can't deal with this. It's just nonsense mm. and not even just kind of random repeated words. And yeah. I had to sort of block it out by falling asleep. <laughs> I fell asleep in the um, Pirates of the Caribbean movie, uh, the fourth one. Yeah, on I don't blame you for that. That's fine. It just, it was in a 3D cinema that was one of those really dark 3D cinemas where you can't really see the picture. Mm. And it was so dull. I was like, ah, I'm tired. Even Ian McShane couldn't save that one. Was that, the was, one with Ian Mc- was that the one with Ian McShane or was that a different one? I don't remember him being in it. Ian McShane played Blackbeard in a... In and that a, was probably know, that one, That yeah. was probably that one? That's okay. right, yeah. yeah. Mm. Uh, how did we get here? Okay, Sam. Sam. <laughs> this was our lightning round where we were going to try and speed things up. We're doing well. We're doing sure. well. Yeah. And I love the fact that given how tough he'd been the last time we saw him about, we're staying together. Yeah. And it's like, well, you can come and use the library, but not her. And he just geeks out. And he's like, um... <laughs> Bye. Bye. <laughs> I'm sure you'll be fine here in this huge lobby with nothing. See ya. Bye. And then he walks into, of course, you know, Hogwarts. Yes. Mystery Palace. And did you, did you notice, I, I didn't I didn't spot it, but someone pointed it out and I went back and had a look. Um, The the thing at the top is the sun, the sun from, from, the, from the, the start. From the credits. Exactly. Yeah. I did notice that and I forgot to put it in my recap, but, you know, the camera pans over and I'm like, oh. That's that thing. Because, and this is the thing, the the showrunners ages ago said that they had a theory for what, well, not a theory, but they had like a a working idea about what the opening credits actually are. Like they they said they exist in the world of Westeros. They exist at the Maester's Citadel in Old Town. 
the maesters keep a map of Westeros mm. and, and Esos and everything, you know, and they have these little scale models that they sort of update in real time. Which makes sense given that the guy was updating the records, you know, yeah. saying, well, we don't have any record of Jon Snow being in command of the yeah, Night's exactly. Watch, J.L. Mormont. Yes. <laughs> and Sam's like, um... You just see his face, he's like, eh, lots happened. Bits happen, but then he just takes his word for it and crosses it out. He's like, fair enough. We'll like, have to... What, no second sourcing on that? <laughs> yeah, it's very, very poor journalistic work. Mm. Um, but, yeah, no, I, was, I, was, I thought that was a really cool touch because they're like, oh, that's that thing that you mm. always see at the start of the... That's where it all happens. That's great. I, I was geeking out as, almost as much as Sam, <laughs> as Sam was. It was, it, was great. it was one of those moments, but I did... Because I don't know about you, Stu, but on my Facebook feed, I will often get, like, just pictures of bookshelves and libraries yes. and... It was, it was definitely book porn. It was it book was, porn. Yeah. And you'll get people going, oh, it's my dream home. And oh, I'm going to, I'd live in here and I'd never Pe- leave. People like that are why printed books will never die out. Yeah. yeah. And that's great. Yeah. That's great. That's fantastic. Love them. Yeah. Important. I just, I, you know, I have a dust issue. <laughs> like obviously I have cats and they like to chew on books, but that's mm. fine. But I have a dust issue. Sure. And I just books sit there, and then they're ones that I've bought at a Lifeline Book Fest or something, and I haven't read. <laughs> and then I feel guilty because I haven't read them. And then they just sit there collecting dust, and I'm like, well, no, I can't throw it out because I haven't read it yet. Oh, it's, I, I would feel so much pressure in that library. <laughs> I'd be like, oh, God, I can't even face. And how would they categorize all that? I mean, are they using Dewey Decimal or...? <laughs> Do they even have decimal in Westeros? Like, I don't know. I think, I, I think they're still on the Imperial. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, so that was Sam and, and Gilly, and no doubt we'll see how things progress for them and how mm. Gilly is able to... Yeah, we just sort of touch in. And the show, the show, the episode did that a whole bunch with a bunch of different things where it's just like, hey, and also we'll just tie a bow on that and tie yep. a bow on that. And they did that a lot more than series finales of Game of Thrones usually do. A lot of this stuff they normally would have saved until the first episode, the first episode yeah. of next season. But they were like, no, we have a lot to get through, so let's do that. But the, r- reminding me of the of the opening credits, I thought it was awesome. I, th- I tweeted this um, as I was watching the episode. I said, Game of Thrones is the only show where the first holy shit moment can be in the credits. And now, there was two. There were was you two. talking about... The twins being in there, or were you talking no, about no. the direwolf over Winterfell? I, well, I was talking about first of all the direwolf over Winterfell, which was so awesome that to was, see. I, after... That wasn't a surprise to me. That was, no, I was no, waiting yeah, for yeah. that and going, "Yes, absolutely, that. absolutely." That, that was an awesome moment. But the holy shit moment for me was when we saw Dawn. We saw Sunspear. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I was like, "What? We're actually going back there? That's amazing!" I didn't, I, I didn't think to. we would it, go back there. Dawn was really the bookends of this season. It was. It really was. We saw them once in episode one and once in episode <laughs> once in episode 10. ten. That would have been maybe half a day's filming. Yes, for all of them. exactly. <laughs> <laughs> um, but we'll go there because it was. Well, I suspect. I suspect they see. filmed it on the in the afternoon of the morning where they shot their yeah, opening shot, yeah, yeah. yeah. Okay, so a day <laughs> yeah, A day. They would have done a day. Yeah. <laughs> but it was amazing to see Olena there yes. forming an alliance with Ilaria Sand and the Sand Snakes. That's it. And saying and, what we're all thinking. Yeah. Who are you? Barbara? Barbara? Which, which one are you? Okay, good. Sure, whatever. Shut up. <laughs> yeah, that's nice. Sorry about my sister. Yeah, you shut up too. Do you have anything to say? Well, no, you shut up. <laughs> <laughs> She was just brilliant, and and she was in, uh, and when she appeared, she was in black, and she's never been mm. in black before. She's no, always yeah, been yeah. in greens and browns, and I went, is she in mourning? But how would she know already about 
well, her and, kid and grandkids, but clearly word gets around. And this is, and, but this is what we see. Like, we don't know how much time has passed. Obviously, a bit of time has passed because, you know, she's in mourning, so she has heard about what happened. But then Highgarden is not too far from Dawn. It's one of the more southern yes. kingdoms. Yeah, so a yeah. bit of a horseback pony ride across That's right, the, exactly. the mountains of the moon or whatever they're called in mm. between the two kingdoms is, is probably enough to, to get yes. over there. But clearly they've, they've made the point to a lie together. Yes. Or at the very least, I think they invited her there and she's like, why should I ally with you? And then out but of I'm the here. shadows steps Varys. Three words, fire, fire and, and blood. Fire and blood, the Targaryen motto. Yeah. Fantastic. So that's, you know, big alliance there now pinned on the yes. board. You've got the mass, sort of the wealth and the armies of Highgarden, mm. the kind of just sensual Latin sensuality of Dawn, <laughs> bunch of wine, some pretty cool chicks with fighting skills. Mm-hmm. And then all of a sudden you've got Danny coming up and around yeah. from Marine. Um, let's go to Danny and Tyrion and Mario because, okay. well, speaking of Varys and his yes. rather confusing appearance at the end of the episode, <laughs> and we were, I'm in Dawn. No, now I'm off the coast of Marine. Back oh, here again. Yeah, it's fine. I, I have a teleport device apparently. You know when I said I have little birds? They actually physically carry me from place to place. <laughs> That was, I can deal with all the other time jumps and skips. I really can, yeah. but that one to me was just jarringly. This was the episode where it was the most egregious I've ever seen in the show. Where and especially, especially um, Varys going but within the space of a scene, I think. Like like going from there to was, there to there. It was very quick. Yeah. He, he had a teleport device. It was crazy. But the thing is, they couldn't have put that scene earlier. Because then that would have been less time. Exactly. When, exactly right. You know, you know if so, they had cut from King's Landing to Dawn, it would have made more sense with the Vera stuff. But then it would have been like, was Olena just waiting outside? Yes. Like the gates of the castle in Dawn, just waiting to hear? Are they yeah. dead? Okay, cool. Put on the black dress. Let's yeah, go in. Let's go in. <laughs> That's she my was cue. Great. She was so great. And I'm so glad that clearly Diana Rigg is hanging about. All I'll say is that I am still sad that Marjorie... Is gone. Like Loris Mace, I can deal with. Yeah. But I just felt that I would have loved to have seen the grandma granddaughter combo. combo. And maybe there's a little bit of wish fulfillment in that because I kind of see my own relationship with my having having Marjorie around would have been a loose end. I think. Like, like I think I, True, I don't I'm think not, there's nothing that she can do that Elena can't do. I just feel that her storyline was she was plotting and planning to sort of get her way through, mm. and then she just died. But I suppose that's a classic George R. R. Martin. Yeah, Death, isn't it? That's like, it, exactly. You think Th- this they're probably is... going to come out of it, and then nope, done. <laughs> so I, I, this, I this wasn't a wedding. Myself that it was okay. <laughs> yeah, exactly. This wasn't a wedding, but it did take place in a church. So, yeah, you know. yeah, and it became a funeral. That's it. Yes, uh, exactly. A cremation, I should say. Yes. <laughs> Instant cremation. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so Danny has to tell Mario that. Sorry, but we're. <laughs> you cut off, son. Um, we're not going around anymore. <laughs> Uh, I've been exchanging letters with someone else. So, um, can you like leave me alone at lunchtime? <laughs> <laughs> I say that like I had experience breaking with boys in primary school. <laughs> I did not have any such thing. Oh my God. Did you pass, you pass plenty of notes for other people or? No. The one note I got in trouble for in year nine. Yes. This is a really convoluted story. So I'm sorry that this is going to extend the podcast, but. <laughs> There was a guy who 
was this insane ADHD kid, I think, and for yeah. some reason, because clearly I like pity cases or whatever, but I liked <laughs> hanging around him because he was just so full of energy and just did not give a shit. About, he mm. was so thick. He didn't care about his academic studies at all. He just wanted to make people laugh. Like, he was just the class clown, but kind of everyone hated him, so I kind right, of had a grudging right. respect. Yeah. For him, because he just did not care. He's, he's like that, always, he's a comic working for the hostile audience every day. Yeah, and I and and every, like everyone was constantly throwing tomatoes at him, but he was like, "Don't care, making tomato sauce." Let, you know, let, like literal tomatoes, or yeah, you're talking metaphorical well, tomatoes. Yeah, but I wouldn't put it past people. <laughs> but everyone hated him. He was this skinny, ratty kid, and I just had a grudging respect for the fact that he mm. just did not give a crap. Yeah. And so I would sit at the same table as him and another guy and would like make up stupid songs and stuff like that. <laughs> and then in year nine and, and write stupid notes. And he sent, he wrote me this note in class, which just said, now this is, this is year nine level humor. Okay. Yes. I'm not trying to excuse this. It's not particularly funny or insightful, but he wrote to me, you're a poo in a poo pot. Right. Shakespeare. I know. Right. I feel like that's maybe beneath a year nine. Oh, yeah. Like, I'm, I'm pretty certain this kid had serious, you know, like right. he'd been dropped on his head as a child. That feels like something he like was, a six-year-old would yeah, write. Yeah, exactly. Right. Exactly. Okay. So <laughs> me being, and now this is Mrs. Crombie's English class. And Mrs. Crombie. Oh, Mrs. Crombie's English class. Yes. She had short blonde hair and she wore those kind of loose 80s sort of frocks that women of a certain size <laughs> yes. kind of needed I, to I know wear. Exa- I know exactly what comfort in yes. the hot Brisbane yes. summers. Was it cinched with a belt? No, no, no there was not really a belt that could have <laughs> circumferenced. Fair enough, fair enough. It's more of a curtain sort I'm of situation. I'm not trying yes. to be, I'm just, no. I'm not trying to be a fat shamer. I'm not, no, a, no. she wasn't. You're describing was just, a very specific type of person. I know exactly what you mean. Put it this way. When she raised her arms, there was a meat curtain. Right. Now, when she... <laughs> She used to tag. And mark the date when the phrase meat curtain was fine, was first uttered on this podcast. She she she, she would hit the whiteboard to yes. emphasize like a point. And the whole lot would just shake, you know. And this is why I should be doing more tricep roses. <laughs> like, I just I don't want to end up with the cape, you know, the flesh cape. The bingo wings. Yeah. So she would hit the whiteboard and these things would go, you know, flop, flop, flop. Anyway, so I don't know why I chose to write back to this note. I do not know why. It was a moment of foolishness. Right. But I wrote back, and this is now, I think you can see the origins of the great comedian that I have become. (laughs) Because I wrote back. Yes. You're a tit in Mm. a bra. Right. Oh, I know. You're painting a picture there. I'm painting a picture. Yes. Now, of course, what happens is I pass this note and Mrs. Crombie sees. Of course she picks does. Picks it up, mm-hmm. reads it to herself, folds it over, <laughs> looks directly at me, and says, Natalie, <laughs> you have just gone from here. <laughs> <laughs> Meet curtain flapping. <laughs> then drops her hand to, to here. here. In my estimation. Oh, no. And I have never been so red <laughs> and embarrassed and shameful, <laughs> and, oh, no, what have I done? Now, in hindsight, it was just youthful exuberance, and I was being creative and a little bit saucy. Mm. Um, and sure, it wasn't clever, it wasn't funny, but this was year nine, <laughs> which is when, as a child, you are historically at your absolute worst. Yeah, year nines are terrible. It's, every teacher will tell you, yeah. 13, 14, worst. The worst. 
And so if the worst that I was in year nine <laughs> was writing a note that said, you're a tit and a bra, can I just say, pretty sure I'm a nerd, okay? Pretty sure that was about as on edge as I got. <laughs> but yet I was so, because I was such a square and I hated getting in trouble and yeah. I never liked anyone picking on me or, you totally, know, yeah. I was the complete antithesis to David Nelson who got in trouble every day of his life. Did you say his full name? You did? Oh, yeah, I did. Oh, well. <laughs> Hello, David, if you're out there. <laughs> he's either, he's one of those kids who would either be in jail or be Richard Branson. You know that? No, no, no. But, you know, they often said that yes. Richard Branson always yeah, yeah, said yeah. that he was going to be he in jail be... or a millionaire. Yeah. He was one of those kids. He probably invented like an app or something or a business <laughs> and has made a million dollars and still sits around yes. making car noises. He used to just pretend he was driving a car all the time going, hmm. making high-pitched Okay. I'm not sure if he's a titan of industry at this point. <laughs> Hello, David, if you're out there. Hello, Hello David Nelson, if you are out there. Uh, you know, God, I'm, what happened to that? Like, how did he, he just, he got detention every day, Stu, every day. <laughs> and he just went, like he did not care. <laughs> I don't know, like obviously something was happening at home where he wasn't getting support or his parents didn't care or no idea. But anyway, he was. A, I he hope was it all a, worked out. He for was him. a mystery to me. So now that I've spent a good chunk of the podcast talking about that, what were we talking about again? I can't even remember. I can't even remember where we started. <laughs> I do not remember. Okay, let's. Uh, Danny talking? and Tyrion and Mario. Yes, yes. Yes. Okay. So she tells Mario, "I've got to go off and probably marry someone else. Can't have you hanging around." Mm. He does not take it well. No, he doesn't. And. You know, to his credit. But in like a very sweet way. Like, like yeah. he's not like, damn it, you know, you're, you're mine. He's like, no, no, it's fine. I just want to go with you. Yeah. Like, I love yeah. you and like, I make you happy and you know I make you happy. And so let's, you know, yeah. keep this going. And I don't want to be stuck here. I want to be fighting for you. And and she's just like, yeah, nah. <laughs> and then later she tells Tyrion that she just didn't feel anything then. That she... Mm. And that's what frightened her, that she... He loved her and she knew it, but it's not what she wanted. Yeah. And she felt frightened of that. And I was like, no, you don't have to be frightened of that. You know, he's, he's been good to you. You've been good to him. Mm. He's gotten sort of power and experiences that he never would have either. So. The relationship they had was always that he was her toy boy. Oh, you know, it was man. never not, it was never a meeting of equals in that sense. Except like he was older than her. Yeah, but even so, like, she always had all the power in that relationship, yeah, which true. was quite interesting. Like, oh, man, so jealous. Uh, <laughs> but Remove your clothes. Remember that? Yes. Take yes, off your clothes. <laughs> One of the best moments ever. One day I should do, like, a top ten list of best moments ever. <laughs> They're probably mostly all people nude. Yeah. <laughs> it's yeah. Like, take off your clothes. <laughs> Again, that year nine persona just really... <laughs> Really bled through. Never yeah. ventured far from the surface, you know? I don't think it does for anyone, really. <laughs> we all just put different masks on it. We all just grow facial hair and yes. get bank accounts and tax file numbers <laughs> and, and occasionally pass a note that says you're a tit and a bra and yeah. have a wee snigger. <laughs> um, Danny and Tyrion had a lovely scene of... They did. My Although I, that was the one bit of the episode where I was kind of like, huh? What are we doing here? This is very strange. Like, it was a really well, nice I think scene. It was like you said, to put a cap in. It was, it was to put know, a cap Tyrion. on that whole thing. That didn't feel earned, though. That was the only part of the episode that I was kind of like, where's this coming from? Tyrion not being made hand of the queen? No, no, no. Tyrion being made hand of the queen was awesome. I really liked that. 
but his sort of standing in front of her and pledging his undying loyalty to her, just it was weird. They yeah, hadn't I had a lot a of... a couple of other people say that too. They like, hadn't had a lot of interaction. Believe, they didn't believe Tyrion's kind of conversion to the cult of Danny. Yeah. Whereas... And um, I guess he has just seen her ride a dragon. Like, I mean, he's... He's gone on a bit of a journey, but... And I was saying, you know, we haven't seen Tyrion have kind of wild, inconsequential sex for a couple of seasons. Like, yeah. The... He still drinks and talks a lot. Exactly. But he's not whoring. No. And, and he's not, you know, thumbing his nose at power or, you know, mm. you know, hilariously cutting through bureaucracy at King's Landing or, or doing yeah. something that we grew to love him for. You know, and how's he going to get out of this one? He's just been sort of hanging around Marine this season. Mm. It's been weird. And so then to to get the cap of his art this season to be, yeah, no, I'm just going to keep following you. That's going to be great. It's like I felt the scene, they wanted the scene to be so much more powerful than it was. But then she pulled out her little Hand of the Queen thing and I was like, oh, that's Yeah, and for someone lovely. who doesn't really know what it looks like, she pretty much got it she down. She pretty much nailed it. <laughs> that's basically what it was. I suspect they just got the same prop. Yeah. But <laughs> the, um... And so then we cut to, at the end of the episode, we had uh, the fleet. The great, yes. you know, fleet of Greyjoy slash former master's ships. Yes. Uh, um, some some Dornish ships in there, I imagine, and probably some... Um, well, I didn't think Some that, Tyrell ships as well. I didn't think that they had gone that far yet, but maybe. Well, they needed a thousand ships, so they probably sent some reinforcements. Yeah. Again, because, hey, just take all the time you How want. How much time? How much time passed? Who knows? Yeah. Enough time to get enough ships to get her entire we'll army. We'll have to go back and have a look at maybe the, um, the, the, the sigils on the... Sales or something. That I think they're mostly like they're mostly Greyjoy and then Targaryen. I don't think yeah. there's too many others around, but I, there must be some other ones. And there. the dragons yeah. flying overhead. It was all very oh, poetic. So good. It was the scene that you've been waiting. Seeing for. stuff like that. I mean, seeing stuff like that, and then last week, like Danny rides a dragon and stuff yeah. like that. That's what I've been waiting for <laughs> this whole time. Because You're just a big old fantasy I'm just lover. a big old fantasy nerd. Like, <laughs> and this is the thing. Like, people get different things out of this show, and I, it's been very telling to see people sort of. To see mainstream critics in that sort of walk away from it a bit and going, oh, it's getting a bit weird now because what got them in to start with was yeah. all the political intrigue and stuff. And now we're getting ice zombies and dragons mm. and, and magic and all this sort of thing. But that's what I want. Yeah. I, I want more of that. <laughs> and we're going to get it. It's going to be like next season is going to be just balls to the wall, dragons versus ice zombies. It's going to be the best. <laughs> it's going to be the absolute best, Nat. <laughs> I love it. <laughs> and I love your enthusiasm. And the thing is, like, for me, it's like I'm not a fantasy person, as I've said before, mm. but I'm just totally on board with the story that I'm no, happy sure. to go where it goes. That's it. And I, that's... Don't, I don't sort of feel the need to step back and go, oh, well, I didn't, you know, I was on board with it when it was, you know. But now it's just all silly. Cool politics. Yeah. But now there's dragons. It's like, you know what? Yeah, I, I feel Get like there's. in with the story. Yeah, there's people who signed on. Because it wasn't just a silly fantasy story. And I feel mm. like now it's becoming the silly fantasy story that they always feared it would yeah, be. But if they were proper fans and were invested. Yes. I just think that they're fly by night. That's right. Exactly. Throners. And, you know, the truth will out. <laughs> um, let's quickly go back to the twins. Because I want to talk yes. about the um, a great interaction between Jamie and Bronn. Yes. And the ladies. Eyeing them off. <laughs> and, of course, one particular lady who started the eyeing off, we later realise, isn't quite what she seems. No. But we'll get to that. Um, Jamie and has and apparently uh, levelled up off screen as well. Yeah. But anyway. Jamie and uh, 
uh, Walter Frey have a chat about oh, Walter, oh, Walter Frey. Oh, this scene was very satisfying. <laughs> he's all, well, and he's I may electric. not have physically fought, but I have defeated my victories. So we're the same, Jamie Lannister. We're absolutely <laughs> We are 100% the same, the same yeah. you and I. <laughs> and, is, and Jamie just gives the best response, which is, but we gave you the Riverlands to hold the Riverlands, and if we have to come up here and rescue you every mm. time you lose them, what's the point of you? Mm. And I, I, oh, that was, I, I love that, because Walter Frey's like, ah, shit. He's got nothing. <laughs> and I thought that maybe Jamie would do something to him, but no, it was better. It was much better than that. It was the serving so girl who baked his sons in a <laughs> Bring us our second direct uh, Shakespeare ripoff uh, this Titus this episode, Andronicus. Titus Andronicus. I did not see the pie feast coming. Mm, no, I, no, neither I, did I. I didn't see that when she was going. They're already here. I thought that perhaps he was having like an old man freak out where everyone was actually there, but he thought he was alone. Yeah, like again, he was, was going to have like a stroke or something. Yeah, exactly. I thought that he's like, <laughs> "Where are my sons? Where are my sons?" And her going, "They're already here." Mm. Like he was a dementia that patient. Would, yeah, I, I was about to say that would be a very Game of Thronesy thing for him to just like fall over dead because he's old. Yeah, and just bang. Yeah, aneurysm. Aneurysm is down. Which I would have been fine with, but boy, it was much more satisfying. The way but this is happened. how much I wasn't following along because I was going, oh, maybe this girl is like an assassin sent by the Lannisters or something to like get yeah. rid of Walder Frey. I'm you, like, for God's sake, Stu. Isn't it funny the way like, that your brain, <laughs> your brain actively tries to avoid Occam's razor? Like, yeah. I think, I think that's why conspiracy theories and, you know, chemtrail people mm. or whatever, anti-vaxxers, like the simple explanation just doesn't seem as satisfying as no. really, your brain makes up all these crazy stories. Yes. That even if they are a bit crazy, they're just so much more narratively satisfying. That's than, it, exactly. That's why you don't ever want to find out the tricks that magicians do because you're like, oh, yeah, you're like, really? oh it's quite simple. Yeah. Oh, that's a bit oh, that's it's a easy. Bit easy once you know how. Mm. So I think that the same premise is at play. You're kind of waiting for something to happen and your brain starts mm. inventing, oh, what could it be? It could be this, it could be this. And it's like, <laughs> no, no, it's, it's Aria, remember? It's, it's the faces, Aria. Yeah, she's coming, men. coming back. Yeah. And, she put, and even to the point where like the face was being pulled off and I'm like, Who's that? Who's that? <laughs> because I wasn't expecting her to be back. Now, but then she had had an old episode to get back, and well, Game of Thrones. Here's time. a question: When did she learn to do that? She'd done that before, hadn't she? Yeah, when she um, went to kill Meryn Trant. So does she just have that ability now? Yes. So. But did she have to she... be a faceless man and have access to those faces, or not? I think maybe she just stole a bunch on her way out. Like, do you need to have like physical? Faces no, that's what I don't know. Did she have or to is it kill like... that girl and then steal her face when she was dead? Like do the ritual of cutting the face off. But it's all. But it, the way the way the visual works, it's, it's like a, the it's... Mission Impossible face masks. But but it's not though. It's like it's like they had like a glamour on or something, and then she pulls something off. But that something disappears. Yeah. Like it's not like she's holding like a dead skin mask. Maybe it is a glamour. It just disappears. Oh. So is it like magic? Magic. Like, obviously, it's magic. And her but hair is it... was different as well. So, are they just taking the face or are they taking the hair? Yeah, so... Her hair was, like, all bobbed and kind yeah. of bouncy. And the other girl had had this Had, long... like, long, wavy yeah. hair and stuff. So, are they taking the whole head? Are they taking just know. the face? I don't know. We're, we're clearly overthinking yeah, what is a, a dramatic flourish. But, hey, 
<laughs> My name is Arya Stark. The last thing you're going to see is you're, Stark. You're, you're killed by a brother, prepared yeah. to die. And then she opens his throat. Pretty much the same place where Catelyn was killed. In the yeah, and I, I saw that pointed out, I think it was on uh, the Facebook page, where someone pointed out that um, Roose Bolton was stabbed the way he stabbed... Uh, Walder. No, no, Roose Bolton was stabbed the way that he stabbed Rob. And uh, someone else died. Oh, I'm Tywin... Tywin Lannister was shot by a crossbow the yeah. way that Grey Wind was shot by a crossbow. Oh, so it's all been and kind then, of and then, eye for an eye. Yeah, and, and it's gone in the, in the same order as well. Oh, and then yeah. finally Walder had his throat cut like Catelyn had her throat cut at yeah. the Red Wedding. So it's very, very sort of cyclical. cyclical. That's closing the circle. I don't know if that was 100% deliberate on their part, but it definitely works. It's, yeah. yeah, it works well. Yeah. Which is cool. I love that stuff. So from now on, we should take a look at how people die. <laughs> and, and whether... How, no, how people killed other people, and that could be how they died. So Maybe. Cersei could explode in a giant <laughs> ball of wildfire. At, at this point, I wouldn't put it past yeah. her. Um, so, yeah, that was incredibly satisfying. I would have loved to have seen Arya go back to Winterfell, but we'll take this we'll, any day we'll of take the week. We'll Happy take the, to the see victories we can get. The back of Walder Frey. Uh, so finally, I think we just need to go to Winterfell. Oh, well, there is one other thing that we need to talk about, and it's pretty huge, which is Bran north of the wall. Oh, God, yeah. Um, well, okay, yeah. You know, so so his Uncle Benjamin says to him, and I don't think it's ever been said on, it's probably been said on screen before, but he makes explicit reference that the the wall has magic, magic and spells like woven into its into yeah. its. Feature. I know they've said it in the behind-the-scenes stuff a bunch of times. Yeah, it's strong magic. I don't know whether they've ever said it on screen before, but it's something that is just understood. They use magic to help build the wall. Yeah, exactly. It's a magical structure as well as a physical one. And he says that the same magic that repels the White Walkers repels him too, because for all intents and purposes, he is a White Walker. He's just kept his brain. Yeah. So... Yeah, like, so he says, I, I, I can't take you any further. He could probably have taken them a little bit further <laughs> and maybe left the horse. Like, you know, come on, dude. He needs his horse, though. I guess. How, he's not going to cover the, you know, wilds of the frost fangs <laughs> and the milk water to... Well, he doesn't need to sleep or eat. So I guess, like, you know, he could probably just walk it, can't he? It's, uh, well, it would have been nice to just see him a little bit more. Like, yeah, he kind of came he's back. He's a guy who, in the books, has been that cold hands or something. Yes, yeah, yeah, cold hands. George R. 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 Martin yeah. just hasn't revealed him mm. yet, um, and so that makes sense. He's dead. He's got cold hands. Yeah. He's cold hands, uh, and he has been missing for years. So mm. that's fair enough. Um, and it explains why he never went back to the castle. That's right. Exactly. Yeah. It but you think a that he could have been sort of following them when they were off at Craister's Keep or? Just going, hey guys, just letting you know, hey, I'm I, dead now. I'm here. I guess he was afraid that he might freak them out a little. Yeah, <laughs> true. If their undead former companion true. sort of shows up when they're already on edge and looking out for, for zombies and stuff. Yeah. Um, so but yeah, so Bran... Takes the opportunity. Takes the opportunity to just have another hit, because, you know, junkies, man. And jumps right back <laughs> to where we need him to jump <laughs> Exactly. Back to. It, was very conv- it was very considerate of him. Thank you, Bran. Thank you, Bran. Um, jumps back to the Tower of Joy, and oh my goodness, I was punching the air. I was very excited. Even though it was, was just a confirmation super, of everything. I was super, super excited. I was so happy. I was so happy. Because this is, this is the theory. And it's not even theory, it's just, it's not even a fan theory. It's just like, if the you, logical. If, the logical extension of this, but it's never been confirmed. No. 
It's been teased, hinted at, suggested, nibbled at around the edges, and then finally, finally, we get that scene where Ned finds Liana in a bed of blood because she's just given birth to John. Who's looking quite... For a kid who <coughs> had quite a traumatic birth, he's looking very calm. <laughs> but then he is John, so he's he probably just brooding quietly. He was, he, was, he was a brooding baby. You yeah. can see, like, he's got that furrowed brow. You know, the weight of the world on his little shoulders. <laughs> and, and she, she it whispers. Was played beautifully. It was, so, it was so well done. I, I thought they did play it a little coy, and I, I think there were, there were some people who didn't quite understand the full significance of what was going on. I think, yeah, I think that was a bit... They didn't have her whispering in his ear occasionally quietly, but then they 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 said a few things. She said like, "He'll kill him, you know he will." Yeah, Robert. But when she says Robert, 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 Robert will, will kill him. him. You know yeah. he will. You have to protect him. Yeah. And I think you had to sort of be looking at okay, well the Sir Arthur Dane and the knights they killed mm. were Targaryen knights. Yes. So who would it have been? Yeah, but there's no reason for the show to play coy about that. At this at this late I hour, I feel it was rewarding. I feel it was rewarding the book readers, yeah, because mate. they didn't like when they showed the baby. Mm. You know, they didn't have her say something like "His name is John" or "Call him John." Well, that's the thing that she said his name is, and then they fade out. And I'm like, did they say well, that? Well, she she says his name is, and then she whispers in his in his in Ned's ear. Oh, okay. I'm like, don't be coy about that. Just say his name is John. Like, but you know. I, I felt that they sort of then went to the jump cut to John's face, and that was well, that was enough to sort of say, hey, that's that's the baby. You know that baby? Oh my god, he John's turns out that. to be hot. <laughs> turns out to be a bit of a looker, occasionally dead, but still alive. <laughs> So, uh, yeah, so John, okay. But, um, you know, so, like, what a moment to finally confirm, mm. like, that huge, like, the biggest fan theory surrounding this series in book or TV form, you know, yeah. to finally get a definitive sort of, yep, yes, you were right. So good. Yeah. It's so good. <laughs> I love when, when something like that that's been that's been bubbling along since episode one Finally pays off. Well, I think that's the thing. Just... I think, I think, and I put this in the recap. Like half the internet will be going, "Yeah," and the other half will be like, "As if we did enough." <laughs> like I knew from book one that was going to be the case. I mean, you just have to read. There, there was some. There was some very smug people on the internet going, "Oh, as if you wouldn't understand that that was like totally the thing." Did you guys not get that like straight away? <laughs> and it's like, um, just it's let people let internet. people enjoy themselves. It's dude. The internet. It's all good. Um, and I think like. Because they haven't, you know, Ned, you know, in, in the books, it's, it's where he says uh, Ned remembers finding Liana in that bed of blood. Like, he has that interior monologue. Yeah. And he never had that in the show. No, so that's right, yeah. It's possible if you did not have the internet and you were just watching Game of Thrones. This Thrive, could absolutely have caught you off guard. Absolutely could have been. And, and, and that's the thing. that they, they did play it. They played it as if it was a huge reveal, which it is. Yeah. For five different reasons, depending on your relationship with this property. Yeah, yeah. Which is amazing. Like, you don't see that in popular entertainment, really, mm. where, where something where an audience is engaging with one moment in a show in all these different ways. It's so cool. Mm. Just this huge moment in a show, in a, in a show full of huge moments. Let's talk so about good. one of those huge moments. Davos yes. having it out with Melisandre. Oh, yes, absolutely. Beautiful. Did not go down the, the way I thought it would, but, but it makes no. perfect sense. I I, I'm getting that sense from from a few people that mm. they were expecting more kind of like Rah, yeah, like, like the, that he or... would try and immediately try and kill her. But of course, it's Davos. Like yeah. he's not some crazy loose cannon. He's like, 
He's John, kind. She's and, bad, and I want to kill her. Yeah, and he's bringing it to the attention of the person in charge, yes. which is tell him what you've done. Yeah. Conveniently, after the battle's been won and everything, you know, <laughs> it's okay. And, you know, we don't have to stress too much and about he, whether he, we keep her. He didn't or not. think to ask. You know, the the particular details of how everyone died and stuff. Yeah. So, <laughs> look, I've conveniently overlooked this fact, but now that I've found this toy, mm. I feel like we need to have it out. And but he was beautiful. I, Davos yeah. was... Oh, he was great. Liam, Liam Cunningham is like MVP of this episode. It's I, crazy. He was, he's one of the Game of Thrones characters I interviewed once when I was still yes. at Fairfax. And he was so genuinely mm. chuffed by his involvement. And, yeah. and so thrilled to be around other people. And I was yeah. saying, you know, Davos is one of the characters who humanizes mm. the show. And, and yeah. is a fan favourite because he is good and noble and he's doing the best by his king even though his king is a bit batshit. (laughs) And he was really thrilled by that. Like, he was really... I I didn't get any sense of, you know, oh, yeah, you're just pulling my... Like, he was honestly like, oh, well, the great thing about it is, you know, this and this. And I I just... I don't remember, you know, exact quotes, but I just remember how chuffed is the... Like, that he got to be a part of this. Yeah, exactly. He got to play such a great character. And And I love that... I love that... Just by dint of being one of the characters who has survived so far, yeah. he's become a much more prominent part of the show. Yeah, and and he, and, I remember saying, you know, his relationship with Shireen, which was still going, obviously, when I inter- interviewed him, yeah. you know, was just such a bright spot. And he was like, oh, and it's just so great, like, to have that moment, you know, he, like a lovely interview, really nice. Yeah. Mind you, everyone I interviewed from Game of Thrones, I think there was only two, maybe, but even when I met them in person at Supernova mm. for a while, they were all really nice. Um, clang. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Including that time you uh, had a panel discussion with George R. R. Martin. Oh, yeah, that was fun. Whatever. Oh. Whatever. What a time. <laughs> what a time. What a time to be me. I have, a <laughs> I have a photo of that somewhere. I'll have to find it. Uh, it was it was me. And there was a really good one. I did a panel then with um, Lena Hetty and, and Michelle Fairley, mm. and a kid got up to ask a question, and he was dressed as Joffrey. Oh, nice. Like, amazing. Like, like perfect, yeah. Perfect cosplay. The way you can only get at a con. It's only amazing. way you can get at a con. Absolutely. And I was like, oh, and we've got another question. And, oh, um, you know, Lena, it's it's uh, it's your son. It's Prince Joffrey. And this kid's got into the microphone. Um, King Joffrey. <laughs> <laughs> and they just laughed. And I was like, you got me. And sort of bowed in front of him. It was really good. Um, no, that was that was a fun time. Uh, if you need me to host a panel in a Game of Thrones people, <laughs> I'll make myself available. Sure. I'll make the time. Uh, but yeah, so John then has a, he sentences Melisandre to be banished. Yeah, he sends her she, away. He's not going to execute her because she literally brought him back from the dead. Yeah. But he says, if you come back, then we'll have, then we'll have trouble. And I, yeah, I can't. It was, it was, it was a very Jon Snow thing to do. Like he could, yeah. he could have executed her. Yeah. Um, but I, felt he decided, though, I felt though had he executed her, that would have been a bit more of the Ned Stark. You know, it would have been... Yeah, but, too... but he's not Ned Stark. And that's that's the thing. That's the thing that we're no. finding out again and again. And he's not even... Not Ned, uh, well, he's got his, his Stark. Oh, but he's Stark, yes. He's Stark-Garian. He's Stark-Garian. Yes, or exactly. Tark. No. <laughs> he's 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 Targaryen. he's both he's both Stark and Targaryen. You could yeah. say he's a melding of fire and ice. Wow. Or some sort of song of ice and fire. Wow. I don't even know. Who knows? Wow. Um So yeah, so he so Melisandre's banished and if she comes back, Davos will call, kill her mm. himself. 
And that, I mean, that was a lovely scene. Melisandre sort of off. And then Sansa and Jon have a bit of a tete-a-tete. They do. On the battlements. And Sansa <laughs> confesses to, you know, sorry, I didn't tell you about the whole Knights of the Vale plan. And it was interesting to see that, oh, okay, this, it was about trust. It was like she's been back with yeah. Jon and he's her brother, but she's still, something stopped her from from telling him. And he seems fine with it because he's like, look, you had your reasons. He was he was more fine than I was because I'm sitting there going, <laughs> that would have been really good information to have. <laughs> you know, if you just said that like a giant army was coming to help you out. It's the sort of information that battle commanders need to have. But anyway, that's fine. It's in the past. But he hadn't asked her. <laughs> he hadn't said. But, but he did. They, he said, He said, if you know of anything that's going to happen that would help us, then let me know. Oh, that's true. He did in the episode, yeah, previously. In that episode. And, and she's like, well, trust me. And he's like, what? Like, anyway. Yeah, true. Okay. I, it, was, it was a very frustrating button to put on that whole thing, but whatever, we're moving on. Okay. Yes. <laughs> Instead they did, they, well, they did have that great, um, that great nod where they, they said, uh, the, 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 the maesters have sent out yeah. the white ravens. Um, winter is here, and they both have a chuckle and say, well, father always did say that, that it was, was coming. Yeah, that's, <laughs> that's, that's really what you call shelving again. Yes, exactly. Six seasons of shelving. <laughs> White ravens signify winter. Uh, and then we had Sansa and Baelish out mm. in the God's Wood. Now, I've got a point to raise here, Stu, and this is yes. something that's been bugging me. Mm-hmm. It's winter here in Brisbane at the moment, yes. and we're experiencing our winter, which is about, you know, four or five days long. And <laughs> in the middle of our deep, dark winters. Yeah, it's uh, it's chilly. It's chilly. Chilly for us. I'm sure I'm sure people in colder parts of the world would find yeah, it laughably yeah. warm. Oh, but. true, true. <laughs> but then, you know, all of our houses are built to let lots of air in. That's so right. So you yes. never truly, unless you have central heating, mm. which not a huge amount of Queensland houses do, you're sort of always a little cold. A little bit cold, yeah. Um, now, I was walking up George Street in the city today, which as anyone who works in Brisbane or, or lives in Brisbane knows, is an absolute wind tunnel. It's a wind tunnel. <laughs> you are literally doing a Marcel Marceau mine every time <laughs> you walk up there. But not miming, mm. so that's a redundant allegory. But anyway, and I was thinking, going, oh gosh, my head is cold and my ears are cold. I'd love a beanie. I should have brought a beanie. And then I thought, why nobody on Game of Thrones ever wears a beanie? They're in the middle of a freaking winter. Or north. like, or like head coverings or anything. Yeah. No, that's... no. Occasionally, you see like Egret had a hood on her jacket, yes. or you know, you see a lined cloak hood like Sansa yeah. might wear or something. But I think some, some part, of the rangers have like you yeah, know, head stuff. for the but... most part, they're all getting around like Jon Snow north yeah. of the wall when he was hanging out with the wildlings. No head coverings, no beanies. Now, I'm glad of that because I like to see his <laughs> hair. But it's, it's because it's a really, you can't really have status when you're wearing a beanie. A no, cloak, yes. A cloak, you can kind of get away with a yeah. status. Maybe, maybe sometimes if you put the hood up on a cloak, you're, yeah. it's okay. You look a bit cool. Yeah. But a beanie... That's true. You know, remember, the closest we've come is the phrase with their stupid hats. <laughs> stupid hats. And they're down in the Riverlands, which yeah. isn't even that cold. Yeah. So you get Littlefinger and Sansa just sitting out in the gods. And Sansa's been sitting out in the gods' wood just kind of thinking about but life. who knows how long. And yes, she's covered up in bearskins and losing whatnot. Losing an ear to frostbite. Like. Yeah. And, you know, you lose how much of your warmth do you lose through your hair? <laughs> exactly. Yes. I don't know if that's an urban legend. No, no, it's true. You'd, you know, you, you lose put a, a freaking hat on, Exactly. Sansa. Do something, but it doesn't look as cool. It's so the same. It. It's the same reason why none of the major characters ever wear a helmet into battle, um, because you want to be able to see their face. Yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah. Otherwise, they'd all have very sensible helmets with <laughs> face coverings, but they usually don't. Jon Snow rides into battle with with like a leather vest and no helmet. Yeah. Um. Yeah. 
all that stuff. Yeah. So it's because you can you want to be able to see his face. Yeah. And look, fair enough. Fair enough. But too. I was just sitting there going, oh, gee, I'm chilly, like watching this episode. Oh, I'm chilly. And how are they not cold? How <laughs> it's are they not a, it's of- funny because it's summer over in America where this is going to air. But yeah. like here, like we're cold. It's the yeah. middle of winter here. It's appropriate. Yeah, it's it very appropriate. It feels good to be watching Absolutely. white ravens, yeah. you know, wander about the... And like scenes set in like bleak snowscapes. Yeah. And you're like, when yeah. it's cold outside. Yeah. yeah it's very like, cool. Yeah. <laughs> so we, we do get the get the, the good end of that. Um, but, yeah, so let's talk about Sansa and Baelish making a move on her. <laughs> oh, God. I threw up in my mouth. For getting shut down so oh, hard. Oh, yeah, so like, much. Like, oh, God. Nope. No, you will not be touching me. But is that a smart move on Sansa's part? Like, he yes, did, he did just save. Don't care. No, I know. I he know. Says, I, I understand. He Starks very obviously, and she's like, yeah, well, you've declared for other houses before and changed your mind, so... But we now have Baelish a little bit annoyed, maybe, that his yeah. plans are oh, being yeah. stymied. This is the thing. So, let's let's talk Trying about... Trying to sow some discord between the two siblings? Well, yeah, okay, let's get there. Let's get there. Okay. <laughs> let's talk about possibly the most epic moment of the show. Yes. And I mean that, you know, in the context that we've seen Danny. Sailing her fleet to Westeros and Cersei becoming Darth Cersei. Darth Cersei. But Lyanna Mormont. Oh, yeah. Schooling. Oh, goodness. Those old bastards. <laughs> Including Lord Glover, who I, who I am headcanoning. His, Percy, first, Percy. his first name is Percy. Yeah, it's, it's got Percy Glover. Percy Glover. <laughs> Lord Percy Percy Glover. He's just really been tired out by life and yes. he's not an idiot anymore, but he's still Percy. Uh, well, he's an idiot because he didn't fight for the Starks. He did. But he and admits that he was an idiot. Oh, they all admit that they were idiots. Was, we, were, and, we were fools. And as Jon Snow says, there's nothing to forgive. You, mm. you do what you can. Yeah. You know, with the Starks, we appreciate we've got a bit of a bad rap around these parts <laughs> for dying. So, <laughs> or leading people to their deaths. And then Liana Mormont. Mm. Oh, I love just her. Just gets up this little 10-year-old girl and just schools and then, them. And you... Didn't answer the call. Well, House Mormont answered the call. We remember. House Mormont, House Mormont remembers. remembers. The, the North, North remembers. remembers. Oh, it was great. It's just, yeah. It was so good. Everything. I don't know how she got so wise so young. But, I mean, yeah, it's a testament yeah. to good advice, really. She's yes. obviously had good advice. Exactly. That a lot of other characters in Game of Thrones possibly haven't. Hmm. Um, and just the way that they... I just, just that actress as well. Like, that, that yeah. little... That, Little girl who it, uh, commands that much gravitas yeah. at that age. That is insane. I know. That is utterly insane. I'm, she plays it perfectly. You never think... I kind of want to eat her brains. You never think that child. that's... You know how sometimes like a child actor, you know, you're you kind of like, okay, that's a child actor. Yeah. Right? That is like just... Like all the three kids in that, the Harry Potter movies in the first one. Exactly. But that, that, was, that was Liana Mormont... 10-year-old lady of House Mormont yeah. getting up with all her regal background and telling these lords to pull their heads in. Yeah. Like, th- that was 100%. Or rather pull their heads out of their bottoms. Exactly. That, but that, was, that, that, that wasn't a child actor reciting lines. Yeah. That was the character speaking. And that, that is a very important distinction, and she nailed it. Yeah, absolutely. So good. Like, it's, it's just amazing. Moment. One of the top 10 moments of the season. Yeah. It was so good. And in a season full of Hodor died, Stu. Hodor <laughs> exactly. Died. Remember that? Danny burnt all the douche cars. Yes. 
and Liana Mormont is up there. This has been a this has been a bonkers season. It's been amazing. <laughs> I can't believe it's like, it's like two and a half months, and it's like wow, what happened? Where did, it feels like just yesterday we were gearing up and I know. doing a preview podcast oh, and going, how good is it going to be? It's like it was better. Um, so then they all hailed John as King in the North. Now I wasn't yes. expecting that. No, neither was I. I was not expecting that because, and it made me nervous. Yeah, because we all found, we all know what happened in the, the last King in the North, and the one before that knelt and was the King that knelt. Yeah, uh, you know the line sort of ends at places, mm. and I don't, it was hard to read what John was thinking. Like it was a lot of disbelief and a, a, a lot of like, is this really happening? Mm. Because I'm a bastard, and but I, like we don't care if he's a bastard. But I liked that the show. Gives us that scene immediately after we find out John's true parentage. Yeah. So throughout that whole scene, we have the tension of Liana. Liana Stark even says, "The blood of Ned Stark runs through his veins." Yeah. Not technically, like the blood of Ned Stark's sister runs yeah. through his veins. He has Stark blood, but he's not Ned Stark's son, which is what everyone there is assuming. Mm. You know, they're kind of getting up assuming that he's Ned Stark's bastard, not that he's Rhaegar Targaryen's bastard by Lyanna Stark. You know, yeah. like, like that, that, that is what I they're basing that. I always the Targaryen. I always go, oh, he's just, he's Lyanna Stark. It's still the same thing. And it's like. It's, oh. it's not. It's very much not. Yeah. In a, in a, uh, ma- you know, in a patriarchal, a patrilineal, mm. patri- what's it? Male descent yes. line. It's, yeah, yeah. It could be a bit. It, 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 it and, and, and given what Baelish had said, you know, are they going to rally behind you, the true-born daughter of the Starks, that's right. or the bastard who was born in the South? And it's like yeah. Yeah, he was born in the South, and his yes, he was. lord was, you know, his father was a well prince, heir to the throne. Mm. Mind you, it does give John then, who's king it, in the it north, does a good it does claim. make him technically the heir to the Iron Throne. Yeah. So, if people knew about this, that's which right, nobody does. which nobody does, now, even John. I think that Sansa, when she looked at Baelish and he was looking all, hmm, I think that was her getting a bit nervous because she did smile at him when they were all hailing. She kind of looked at him and they exchanged a glance, and he was kind of like, Can you believe this is happening? And she's like, Roll with it. <laughs> and, and then she looks at Baelish and he's all like, mm, he's, he's doing his Baelish face. I'm being Baelish. Baelish face. Oh. I don't know if I like this because I want to be on the Iron Throne with you by my side. So, yeah. I I don't think, though, that he's... I think he'll try. I, I think what it was was Sansa looking at him and going, oh, he might double-cross John. I yes. have to be careful for John. Yeah. And I don't think, you know... Well, think- you know, he's just... He's, he's in the back scheming, going, I'm not happy with how this turned out. What can I do to throw a spanner in the works? Yeah. Because that's what he does. That's yeah. what he exists for. Is he to is throw the spanners. world's monkey wrench. Exactly. Just before we close off, Stu, because we really need to, to wrap we this really up. And I really feel like we need to do a final special Seaborn edition <laughs> of everyone's favorite sitcom. Yes. Living at home with Grey Worm and Nice day for a sail to Westeros. I am extremely seasick. Living at home with Grey Worm and Miss Seaborn edition. Because <laughs> that's the only time we saw them. Was just on the boat. Just on the boat. So, anyway. Uh, ladies and gentlemen, thank you so much for listening to uh, Game of Thrones. We may do another podcast at some point in the next week or so. 
just wrapping things do up. Do a and, bit of a wrap up or yeah. something. We'll see how we go with schedules and yes. levels of tiredness, which are increasing. Uh, but it has honestly, Stu, again, been so much fun to be able to dissect the show. It with has you. been the most fun. I've had so much fun this season just <laughs> talking nonsense about we've Game talked, of Thrones. We've agreed, we've argued. <laughs> we've argued. I've been right, you've been wrong. <laughs> uh, it's been it as as always, it is it's it, you know, the, the show is fun to watch by yourself, but it's so much more fun to enjoy with other That's people. That's it, and, exactly. And Stu, you're the best man. Ah, uh, you too, man. You're the best bro. <laughs> if you were like Arya Stark, and I was Walder Frey, I'd let you kill me. Oh, that's probably gross. That's weird. Um, yeah, that's weird. I need a better comparison. I went to a weird place. Yeah, to get a weird <laughs> Um, if you... No, I forget it. Don't I'm go too tired. Don't go Cersei, Jamie. Yeah, no. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, there's really nothing that's going to really help me out here. Um, Daenerys and Tyrion, maybe? Yeah, sure. What let's about, go that. If you, if you were a dragon... No, if I were a dragon and you were a sheep, I wouldn't flame you and eat you. That's also That's weird. That's very nice. <laughs> Thank you, Matt. Uh, but <laughs> ladies and gents, uh, do keep following the Facebook page. There will be, no doubt, more Game of Thrones stuff, news, whatever. Absolutely. We're, we're coming back in one way or another because we're going to do Yeah, we're going to do the rewatches. Yeah. So we'll post up podcasts of the rewatch and I hopefully will start recapping another series, um, mm. which I'm hoping will be Outlander. That's my plan. That'll but be cool. I'll, I'll need to have a little bit of a, a breaksies yes. and, uh, and and get into that. But, um, you know, maybe I can monetize that as well. <laughs> it's been so nice. Look, in all honesty, I have been able to do some really lovely donations with the it has Patreon been great. money. I, I have not seen such a wonderful outpouring of support for someone doing something like you're doing. Yeah, some loser. It's incredible. <laughs> no, no, not some loser, but like, you know, to just, you know. You're, some idiot. You're ranting on. Uh, I've been able to, so far, give away um, $1,000 to the kitten rescue, which has all gone on vet bills. Absolutely. And another two fifty to the, the doggy side of the kitten rescue. Mm-hmm. There's a cat side and a dog side, so I, I gave them 250 bucks for, for bills as well. Uh, $500 to a really good cause, um, some friends of mine who have a kid who's quite ill. And so a fund for them and him and uh, our microphone that we're talking into, our SoundCloud account that we're hosting these on, and I've got another few little things up my sleeve that I will let you know about when they when they happen. But um, you know what's due? I would like some of the Patreon money to go to you. I'm going to give you a small amount. Um, oh, uh, well, I, 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 I what I want you to do? That. No, no, no. I know yes. you won't. What I want you to do is take your lovely wife out for a beautiful meal. <laughs> To say thank you for all these Tuesdays that you come over here and we eat pizza and generally behave like idiots. Uh, so I'd like to reward your lovely wife, if, oh. if not if not you. Uh, you don't get to order anything. I don't get to order anything. And, and she can that, have that the, sounds uh, about right. She yeah. can have the lobster. Sure. Um, but I would love to shout you guys to a, a nice night out. Let's do that. So, Let's do that. Thank you. To thank your lovely wife for um, for being so patient with us. Uh, so thank you, Rose, and uh, thank you everyone for listening. And we will be back in the future, and maybe that future is sooner than you think. It's Who Game knows? of Thrones. Who time knows? That's right, exactly. And so for the final time this season, maybe I don't know. Uh, but as we always like to say, Valor Winter is here. Yay! <laughs>